Hello and welcome to the Free Associates. That's right, folks, the Free Associates, the freedom of association, the freedom to associate with anybody or anything that comes our way because it has the benefit of exposing you to new ideas or new thoughts. However challenging they are, it's fine. It's okay. We can handle those challenges. These are words that we're using. These are our heads we're using. I believe, as in my classroom out here, that we can handle it as long as we're speaking to one another. So we are the Free Associates, and it's the Whale Dog, uh, a.k.a. the Whale Dog, uh, Jeremy Whalen, and myself, Norm Cody, the BIQ, the Barbarian in Question, and many guests from our Free Associates bullpen. Today, it's going to be the two of us, and we're going to be looking at individualism, and I'm very interested to see where this is going to land with the Whale Dog. Now, we have, look at that beautiful gold card. I just can't help but show it off. That's our gold Free Associates card, and folks... Our Facebook page is The Free Associates, and our website's thefreeassociates.us. And if you're listening to us on WMUA Amherst, well, please know that we're here for you, and we're broadcasting all over this verdant green valley into your ears, and whether you're driving or at home or just need a break and you get your headphones in while you're gardening, go for it. I'll tell you, it's just, it's just a beautiful, beautiful sunlight out there right now. Um, Waylon, how you doing, pal? Doing good. How, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. You did your first day of uh, synchronous learning with your classes. How was that? Uh, it went well. It went really well, actually. I had a lot of um, a lot of students show up, and uh, couldn't. The only thing that was, I couldn't show videos. So hmm. I tried to use Zoom to show videos, but I was like, "Look at this! It's going to be a great visual." And the blah blah blah. And like, I muted all the students, and so like halfway through, I got this thing that was like, uh. We can't watch this video. It's going in like two frames a second. So uh, it's like, oh, we gotta. Was that just a connection that thing? thing? I think about what was, was that, that? Ju- just a connection thing, like level of Ethernet or whatever. Yeah, or, so yeah. it works if you have one or two people. I've done it, but yeah. man, with just thinking about so many people, it was it was. Well, you know, maybe you can bounce them over. You can bounce them over to YouTube. They can watch it there and come back or something like that. Yeah. And all, know. like, press the same button at the same time? Well, not exactly. But you say you have the next five minutes to watch this three-minute video, and then you talk about it or something. But, yeah, I'll tell you, Schoology seems to be back online, so that's good. But the there's these yeah. – I don't have any problems uh, with I, I have, and a lot of my students have. But it makes sense. They probably have ten times the traffic they had a month ago. So they're adapting. They seem to be handling it pretty well. Now, folks, we are here to discuss a Politico series. Uh, I like Politico in general. It's an interesting website. It, it covers politics. And this series we've been doing over the last six or seven days has been looking at predictions, basically. This is how COVID-19 is going to impact America. So we've looked at uh, a little piece about polarization. We've looked yesterday. I tell you, Waylon, that was that definitely sat with me, that experts piece. I was cranky. I got crankier and crankier on that as the day went on. Yeah, I I don't know. It's just, I mean, I think that we're just in such a polarized society now. Yeah. It's just like people don't want people don't want to hear about who the people that are not their experts are. Right, right. That's what it comes down to. Well, that's right. And you didn't mention that yesterday. You mentioned something else that was really interesting, which is just like blender that is the information society. And so it's hard to know. You really, it's very, very hard to know. But that's true as well. We want to listen to our own experts. I have to say, I always feel so refreshed when someone whose political view I don't necessarily like, you know, typically agree with, explains something to me. It calms me down. I'm like, okay, all right, this is uh, reasonable. I still may not believe in it. 
Um, you know, we have a colleague like that at the high school. I'm not going to shout out names, but uh, he often swings by and he challenges me on certain things. And I think, oh, well, that's at least interesting. There is a method here. And I don't necessarily agree with him, but he's not just uh, the devil incarnate. The other half of America is not the devil incarnate. There's different needs. Yeah. You know. Well, my thing, my thing also, so I have a, I have a friend who I often disagree with. It's he's a conspiracy, from my opinion, is a conspiracy theorist, and mm-hmm. just what I, I I just can't I can't get enough of looking at his posts. Not because I'm subscribing to what's going on, but because I'm truly trying to understand the connection of the dots and how the psychology behind that works. Yeah, I'm not going to go into the conspiracy theory, but it's no. it's it's a it's wild and and it's it's actually fascinating. If you really think about it, well, you, you uh, know how those connections are. Well, I totally agree with you. I mean, I've had conspiracy theories in my life, uh, you know, and some of which are probably, you know, just because it's conspiracy theory doesn't mean it's not true either. The fact is, is that Kennedy was probably assassinated by more than one person. That makes it a conspiracy. Like we're, even the Congress kind of understands that in 1977, they basically acknowledged that something else was going on there. But I agree with you. There is a psychology to it. I would argue that perhaps it's a Roman situation. You know, my son's middle name is Aurelius. You know, he had his birthday two days ago. Rocky did. And we had a great time. Yeah. Uh, his middle name is Aurelius, and, and Marcus Aurelius was a Roman emperor and a Stoic. And the Stoic philosophers were a direct result of the expansiveness of the Roman Empire. They basically were like, this thing has gotten so big and so vast, all I can really focus on is myself and nature around me. Like, you know, I have a role to play in this society. I can't really uh, get anything beyond that. So... I'm going to need to bring the focus in. And speaking of bringing focus in, why don't we look at our, our piece that we're going to tackle today? Waylon, can you get those you graphics up? Okay, let me yeah, read yeah. it. Great. Thanks so much. And this is titled Less Individualism. So this is, I believe, the fifth or sixth piece in the Politico series. Uh, you'll be able to get the link on our free associates page. All right. This is called Less Individualism. Eric Kleinberg is a professor of sociology and director of the Institute for Public Knowledge at New York University. He's the author most recently of Palaces for the People, How Social Infrastructure Can Help Fight Inequality, Polarization, and the Decline of Civic Life. Okay. It reads, the the coronavirus pandemic marks the end of our romance with market society and hyper-individualism. We could turn towards authoritarianism. Imagine President Donald Trump trying to suspend the November election. Consider the prospect of a military crackdown. This dystopian scenario is real. But I believe we will go in the other direction. We're now seeing that market-based models for social organization fail catastrophically. A self-seeking behavior from Trump town makes this crisis so much more dangerous than it needed to be. When this ends, we will reorientate our politics and make substantial new investments in public goods, for health especially, and public services. I don't think we will become less communal. Instead, we'll be able to See how our fates are linked. The cheap burger I eat from a restaurant that denies paid sick leave to its cashiers and kitchen staff make me more vulnerable to illness, as does the neighbor who refuses to stay home in a pandemic because our public schools fail to teach him science or critical thinking skills. The economy and the social order it helps support will collapse if the government doesn't guarantee income for the millions of workers who lose their jobs in a major recession or depression. Young adults will fail to launch if government doesn't reduce or cancel their student debt. The coronavirus pandemic is going to cause immense pain and suffering, but it will force us to reconsider who we are, what we value, and in the long run, it could help us rediscover the better visions of ourselves. Okay. All right, so there's a lot there in the two short paragraphs. Um, 
runs runs uh, seems to be running the whole field in some ways, in some respects. Um, I have to say, I I had trouble getting through that second paragraph a little bit. But Waylon, what's your thoughts on this? You're certainly a proponent of individualism. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's why I just created an American flag in the, in my 1988 Toyota van outside. <laughs> that's what uh, you do. Absolutely. Um, I, what I think is the the takeaway from this is that at least for me the 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 hyper individualism and then followed by the authoritarianism lines in that first paragraph are are seemingly a kind of contradiction to each other but i think that it shows how the the restraint and discipline that we now find ourselves in this kind of modern America in which we have this individualism that we that we are instilled with we're kind of like the iPod generation over here we understand that we could both be individuals and we can contribute within our individualism to a larger a, a larger group um, safety and community um, just the idea of, of both of those things melding together. So people are still going out and in, in, in doing, you know, I see people right now outside of my house, they're, they're, they're walking and they're doing these things, but we also have the limitations that reasonable limit, limitations that have shut down everything. And I mean, I mean, the, the impact that we've seen on our economy is unemployment levels that are that are 10 to 15 times higher than anything we've ever seen in the worst case scenarios and although there's some people outside walking their dogs the larger picture is that the the precautions that everybody have communally agreed to are being uh, taken into consideration and are are working and that's because individuals have opted to do so yeah uh, okay that's interesting so you're you're seeing in that well okay that's that's kind of interesting. Let me just back up for a second. I do think that he's juxtaposing hyper-individualism with uh, authoritarianism and saying, he's saying, I believe, that individualism is going to end. It could be in an authoritarian direction, right? So he does see that as opposite there. I just want to be clear. Oh, that, yeah, no, yeah, ab- okay. absolutely. Okay. That's a good clarification. For okay. Sure. And then also, um, well, this is an interesting moment, and I have thought about this a little bit, like, if you go on Facebook, there's all this stay the F home and stuff like that. It does feel um, like, you know, I wanted to come up with a sticker saying, don't tell me what to do. It might work better. I, I do not like to be told necessarily what to do. Perhaps that's my own individualism. Like I have an allergic reaction to someone telling me what to do. I understand in this situation, we want to encourage people not to go out. Um, I thought the sentence in there was really quite crazy. Um, this sentence, uh, I'm sorry, let me just get it. It's about public schools. And basically, uh, as does the neighbor who refuses to stay home in a pandemic because our public schools fa- failed to teach him science or critical thinking skills. I mean, <laughs> I don't oh, that's barbed. <laughs> that is barbed. That's, I think that's just fighting words. It's just absurd. It's just absurd. I feel like this guy's all over the place. This is like a rampage uh, a little bit. Um, but I hear what you're saying. You, so you're, you're basically positing that individualism is showing itself by individual choice. But couldn't you argue quite the difference right now is that social pressure uh, to stay home and to do certain things is exerting itself on ways in which we are staying home because we feel pressured to, not because we're individually choosing it. Couldn't you argue that? 
Yeah, I, I agree with that. But it's also that that pressure is being uh, internalized. So you could go outside right now. You could you could go and start. You know, you 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 might get harassed a little bit, but you you could go start playing b- basketball if they haven't taken the hoops down. Like the pressure that you're feeling is also an internalization of your you not wanting to contribute to the problem. But isn't it also peer pressure, though? Because I would totally go play tennis right now. Like, I don't think there's any problem. I understand why I shouldn't play tennis, because that's a signal that other people can do this over here. You know, as teachers, we know this, that sometimes you have to do stupid rules because you see that there's a drift. It, it drifts into other activities and stuff like that. So if I let you use your cell phone as a calculator, now I can't keep track of. So, but I mean, I, I would rather go be, <clears throat> I'd rather be playing tennis right now. I mean, I really enjoy speaking with you, but like, so I do think peer pressure is being exerted and I think that a a level of finger pointing is being exerted and I'm not saying that's even wrong. Like perhaps that's what we have to do, but that seems to me an erosion of hyper individualism as he might call it. I don't know. I mean, tell me when we haven't seen peer pressure of, of, Mm -hmm. I mean, the magnitude may, may have increased. I particularly, I don't, think it necessarily has i think that there's different i think that it's shifted towards something that we're all in a concerted effort to 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 tackle this problem but you could look at a lot of different things you could look at uh climate change and you could look at uh recycling mm-hmm. recycling is is something that planet money did an ab- absolutely great episode uh on on how recycling a lot of that plastic is not actually getting recycled. It's, it's ending up into the ocean because it's getting rejected by, by China as we send it over to get re- recycled into other plastic materials. Recycling, for the most part, well, not for, maybe not for the most part, but it's, it's a peer pressure thing. You want, if you are not doing your, your due diligence in recycling, if you don't have a recycling bin out there, you, that's, a, that's a form of peer pressure. So I think that mm-hmm. we just have those peer pressure instilled into our in our into our society. We've just shifted that into a concerted effort and a focused effort on this looming threat that's, okay. that's so immediate. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. And, and certainly you would have that during wartime or any kind of crisis situation. People are willing to like obey a curfew that they would never be willing to obey six months before. You know, if you put a curfew on last August, people would be like, I'm not staying home. Like, what's the reason? Okay. You know, and now people are like, okay, I'm okay. And, you know, we talk about this all the time in history class, that this stuff is really changeable. I was listening to a piece about how, you know, democracy is always has authoritarianism lurking in the background. That is, it will jettison the Constitution. It acts like it would never jettison the Constitution, but if it needs to, it will really fast because of necessity. It's not like it's not the Ten Commandments or it's not like it's a contract. It's it's a contract between us. But if it's faced with if we're faced with extinction, of course, we're not going to be looking at the, you know, Second Amendment or First Amendment that closely. We're going to be doing what we need to do. By the way, just kind of quickly, I saw an army transport the other day moving through Northampton. My guess was that they were heading down to New York. I know a bunch of reservists have been are being sent down to the city, but it was an interesting visual. Right. You know, this big army yeah. transport. Although one thing I will go ahead, Waylon. Sorry. Yeah, I just on that note, it's we live in such a fascinating time where you think about in the smallest things are a huge trigger for thinking about people's individual liberties and freedoms in this country. Uh, all of a sudden, there is a proposal to 
put safety locks on guns and it's, you know, you're taking away my Second Amendment right type thing. We have seen unprecedented shift into this kind of authoritarian uh, directives that are going on. And it's so fascinating that I have not heard anything about, hey, maybe we should pump the brakes on this or and it's just such an interesting dynamic where you see uh the the fear that has gripped people and the relinquishing of freedoms for the good and i think that we need to do that it's just i've never seen it in practice as such i've never seen it get to the point where we're like oh like governor baker you need to lock down this state like you're not doing the right thing we need to stay home you need to close businesses not thinking like that is a mandate. Like one of the things is life, you know, like the life living in pursuit of happiness, you have that instilled within you. Closing your business is a huge threat to your livelihood. Closing a business, oh. and we, we didn't blink an eye. We just did all this stuff. And we did it because it's going to ultimately, it's the, the scientifically pr- proven to be the, the right course of action. But I haven't heard a lot of people saying, you know, that this kind of individualism as a mandate of liberties and freedoms like like I was expecting. Well, you might see it later, I think. I, I agree with you. Uh, and, you know, having lived through September 11th in New York, it's way more strong right now. I mean, my band had a concert four blocks from Ground Zero in October of 2001. I mean, that you could get down there really fast, and it wasn't anything like what we're seeing now. Um, so I agree with you that um, this is really... But I would argue that we'll have to see as it plays out. Um, you yeah. know, Dan, I also want to say this, ahead. too. Uh, we got a, um, a comment from Angela. There are still so many people that are, are just not abiding by any of the government's orders. I call them I-D-G-A-F. You could probably insert some of the, the words in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, new order. So I think that, yeah, I mean, there there is a, a section of the population and there's there's other states that are reacting and, and responding right. in different ways. So, yeah, that's a, that's a good call. Well, and it's interesting to look at, like, and then nationalism has presented itself as little, uh, like a waffle of different experiments, right? In Brazil, they're not taking it seriously. And over in Germany, they've got really good medical resources. These are all just different experiments running out. I would say that We'll see how it plays out in terms of death. You know, if we have a Great Depression that's, like, significant, there's death involved in a Great Depression. Like, sociologists will study a downturn, and they can attribute mortality rates, and, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that goes along with that as well. So I'm not, I'm not questioning what we're doing, although, speaking of conspiracy theories, I do have a, a, a Facebook friend who thinks this is all a conspiracy, and they live in a very remote location, and it would be very hard to prove to them otherwise. And there is a sense, uh, again, that if I can't see it and feel it and watch it, which you've talked about in the last couple of days, I don't know if it's real. I have no idea if it's real. Now, let's just go back kind of quickly to this. Um, here's a problem I have with this piece, and I've had it with almost every piece that we've looked at. And I have it in general. And perhaps it's because as like a high school history teacher, I'm very much a believer in structuralism and economic not ecology of history. That real change happens ecologically. It has to happen on such a fundamental level. It doesn't happen by goodwill. I just don't believe in... I believe people are good. I, I really believe people are good. I don't think groups work. Uh, sometimes they work for the better. You know, recycling is an example. And peer pressure can exert itself. But we've talked about this many times uh, on shows earlier this year that... If it's easier to get it on Amazon, that's probably what people are going to do, especially because they're so busy and a lot of people are living paycheck to paycheck. So in this piece, I see this 
like, you know, consciousness and awareness kind of arising that I feel like actually I'm, I'm more interested in what are the real tectonic shifts that COVID is going to bring, not just like feel good shifts. Are, are you seeing that at all in this piece? Because I feel like the second paragraph is saying that. Yeah, I mean, I think that what, what where it comes down to, I guess, where, where I think that all this is going to head when it comes to individualism, I think that what you're going to what you're going to have is uh, you're actually going to have uh, a, a a blooming of individualism after this because people are going to think that they're behind and they need to get ahead. And yeah. by getting ahead, you need to se- separate yourself from the rest. And to whatever extent you're you're doing that, I think that people are going to have have that idea of I need to make up for lost time. Huh. I also think that there is an element of well, now more than ever, I'm showing that I'm part of this this community that is the United States. I'm just using the United States as an example. I'm a part of this community. What can the, how can the government and all of the, all of its people, all of us people come together to kind of shoulder the burden of what's going on? So if $2 trillion, the $2 trillion stimulus, that's about five to six weeks worth of just the, the economy going as, as if it were um, in full health. So we're basically, we're, we're lagging behind in five, five, five weeks, five to six weeks of productivity. So how are we going to make that up? So it needs to be on this end. It needs to be, how can everybody not think about, well, how can everybody think about themselves as individuals and get ahead in, in a kind of, in a, in a true capitalist way. And on this side, how can the, uh, the, the social securities that we have in place uh, cater to the idea that we need to meet in the middle? Hmm. Okay, that's that's possible. And I hear what you're saying about the five to six weeks. I think that's what it's designed to do. You know, I don't think there's illusions about that. I mean, it is a stopgap measure. It's a really expensive stopgap measure, but it's a stopgap measure. And I like what you're saying. Uh, one way that my uh, that Robin and I have been speaking about is I think after this, we're going to be more uh, feel more free to say no to things, uh, no to travel, no to like certain kind of things that we just don't really work for us anyway which is going to keep us more local, etc. So I think that's, you know, I think uh, a lot of ways, you know, when you go through this, you do kind of reprioritize, like, what, what, do I, what am I doing here? What do I, what do I want my family's experience to be? I mean, I do want to at some point come back in future episodes and talk about, like, I don't particularly relate to this, like, make America this or anything on left or right. I just don't relate to, I like Americans. I like them as people. But I don't, that's not how I see my grouping. I see my family as my priority and a small group of people around my family. I don't relate to like big mission statements. I don't relate to like, we're all in this together. I just, I'm, it must be biological because I'm just like, I don't, I don't know you. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure we are in this together. Well, that's a good point. So, uh, so Todd actually just commented, I, I, um, I'm a driver and it's still considered and still considered essential. It's amazing how many out-of-state non-commercial vehicles are still out there on the road. And this actually plays into an idea that a conversation that I was having with my mother uh, about Rhode Island going door to door and trying to find New Yorkers. So as much as we think we're in the <laughs> really? United I didn't States, hear about that. You didn't hear that? No. I swear, I swear to God, go look it up. 
Tell me. Because what's ha- what was happening was that uh, New Yorkers were going to going for uh, you know reprieve in, into uh, into Rhode Island, and by doing so, they were jeopardizing Rhode Islanders' uh, safety and 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 uh, health. Huh. And uh, th- if that is not so backwards of, of where we of where we are as as a society and a country, I don't know what is because that, I mean, that was just that... immediately a huge, it was a huge shock to me that, that I reading that, reading that article, because huh. one, that's, that, that's just, we think about the, the, the liberties and freedoms that we have, but two, the idea that when I gotta, the fan wait, and the tribalism gets to such that we're not, that we're thinking of isolate, alienating and isolating certain populations that are, an hour away from us because of some arbitrary because of some arbitrary border of state, like that's where if all of a sudden society starts crumbling, I think that that's where we're going to have some internal strife for. A I'm going to Waylon. I'm going to have to fact check that at some point. Uh, what what would they do if they found a New Yorker in a house? <laughs> what were they saying? Uh, I'm going to I'm going to look it up right now. No, don't get too stuck on that because we only have a couple more Go minutes. Ahead. But tell me, what were they going to do? What would they do to New Yorkers? They were going to send him back home. How? In a, in, a, in, a, in a cop car? CNN.com. Rhode Island will knock on doors and stop cars to find New Yorkers to slow the spread of coronavirus. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Would they do an accent check or something? Like, uh, talk a little. I don't have to talk to you. It's none of your business. <laughs> I think that it's probably people going to their vacation homes as part of it. And, you know, that has been a source of tension in a lot of communities is that rich people are leaving the cities and going to their vacation homes. And Todd was mentioning that out-of-state license plates. I see a lot of Washington State, California, New York plates. But I think that these are children's of families coming home and, like, staying with their parents. I mean, that's my guess, is that they're, yeah. they're seeking refuge, but they might also be seeking... And to what extent that they're, they're, they're actually what they instilled this with this was march 28th so this was last week okay um, and to what degree they were actually doing this i was actually my brother picked something up in rhode island uh while after i like two days after i read this in yeah so you, you can't I don't know to what extent but yeah. the idea that the governor <laughs> made this to yeah. decree yeah is is pretty intense. it's rogue island down there it's rogue island by the way great podcast crime town season one is about buddy cianci and like the providence Mob. It's one of the most entertaining podcasts you're ever going to see. Well, Waylon, can you cue that music back up, pal? We're going to lead out. Yeah, let's do it. Folks, you've been, nice. li- you've been listening to the Free Associates. Um, by the way, Waylon's impressed by my stage freeze on the video. So I'm going to stage freeze oh, for you guys. Good. Now check super this good. out. Check this out. Like imagine... Uh, and then I'm back, but I wasn't frozen. I, I wasn't frozen. Well, I don't, yeah, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Listen, you guys have been listening to Free Associates. That's right, the Free Associates. We freely associate and we're free to associate with you and you're free to associate with us and you're free to, to, to like us on our Free Associates page or check out our website. If you've been listening on WMUAM, we'd love to be with you. We've been keeping this strong. Thanks to Dan Ferrara, who's just like one of the joys of life. And I want to give a shout out to Taylor Cassidy who is the pro, uh, exiting programming director of WMUAM. She's such an excellent uh, she's yeah, such an awesome. excellent person. I mean, really, one of the finest people I've dealt with in years. Just professional and says yes. She doesn't say no. She doesn't figure out why she can tell you that she can't do that for you. She says, we'll work it out. And that's the kind of attitude I really appreciate. Waylon, anything you want to say before we wrap it up today, pal? 
Uh, I want to say this. Thank you to uh, Todd and The Courier and uh, his nephew, Caden. They helped me out with the van today. So cool. cool. So helping, people helping people. So that was that was really cool. Keeping he- people helping people so they can have funky vans with beds in the back. I love it. Uh, <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm just going to enjoy my family a little bit more. I got my first synchronous learning class tomorrow. So if you're in my US2 block, wake up in the morning and try to get dressed and get your breakfast on. Because we're going to study the Great Depression, and it couldn't be more relevant. So thanks so much, guys. You've been, we've been the Free Associates, and we will see you soon. Stage freeze now. Woo! And out. Stage freeze. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> I never forgot that you were over on the screen over here. I was like, is he gone?